Hello, everybody. Welcome to Getting Some Color. And uh, you might see a little bit of different ways we say things in episode. That that's because we're going to be cutting things some down. So uh, we have a new segment name for our news. It's called the First Blood Report. And we are going to get into some wrestling news. This is where all the wrestling news has is said here on Getting Some Color. And let's get to the first blood of the story. I will go first in first blood. So many firsts happening right now. Uh, it's all first blood. Yes. Hold on. No first blood. <laughs> <laughs> just take a, just, just take a you fork. Can you be like Ric Flair? Could you just punch yourself in the head and basically bleed on command? Uh, just, <laughs> it's a hard shot. Like, where's my fork? Fuck. <laughs> so, the that shit. so there was a lot of wrestling that happened. We have one person who went to an AEW Dynamite uh, show. Uh, uh, and we also have Ric Flair's uh, final match. Is it his final match? I don't know. He said so. But is it? I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not going to go by each card. Uh, obviously, I want to talk about the Bunkhouse Brawl. Um, it's kind of like the Battle Royale. Uh, but the winner gets like a, a, a boot and a fucking belt buckle as the winner. Um, I heard it's an old tradition uh, in wrestling. And uh, fucking GCW invaded fucking that bunkhouse brawl. So MDK was there. Um, all the G GCW people. Uh, Bully Ray was there. There was a clown. Uh, Mick Foley showed up. Uh, Undertaker was in the stands. Bret Hart was there. Bret Hart didn't get mentioned, though. Kind of pissed me off a little bit. Why? What the fuck is that? Well... Flair did mention him in his post-match speech, so mm -hmm. at, least, at least there was that. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's a big deal. Brett's Brett's first major world title, he went off Flair. So that, they they used to have heat. Big deal. They, they fucking buried the hatchet, I guess. Yeah, Brett Brett's, Brett's buried with everybody except for Goldberg. Fuck Goldberg, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he still he still hates <laughs> him, I guess. Bill Goldberg. <laughs> Bill That's Gold funny because Goldberg, you know how A&E does those documentaries? Uh, they just did one on Goldberg, and he pretty much said, like, yeah, I basically, they basically threw me in there, and I didn't know what I was doing, and I was learning on the job. <laughs> and he's like, I want Brett to show me what to do, like, because I know he was a veteran. He respected him and shit. And he was like, I didn't mean to hurt him. I told him I'm sorry. I don't know how many more times I could apologize for it. And then Brett's like, yeah, I still hate his guts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know how much of that. Like, the problem there is, you look at the timing of when he gets in. At, by the time Brett is even in the company and, and Goldberg's getting this huge push and they're even feuding at all, Goldberg is already, like, nuclear. He's, like, white hot in terms of favorability. He's so over with everyone. He's he's just winning so much. And at that point, like, the ego sets in, too. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing, but he probably he thinks he's hot shit because they're, they're pushing him that way. Um it doesn't mean he's a bad guy. I think he's probably done a lot of a lot of good things in terms of charity work and other stuff too. Uh, at least from uh, some other articles, other stuff I've seen. But you know, that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, you don't know how the backstage stuff worked then, and twenty years later, talking about it. So. Yeah, you, you got to see it from like a point of view. Like he was getting pushed to the fucking moon. He got he had that streak. Uh, every time he came out, fucking the the whole fucking arena popped. I'm not a Goldberg mark, but, like, I understand the business of what Eric Bischoff did with him. 
And I I think that probably got to his head. And then when he finally got into the ring with someone like Bret Hart, he probably was like, fuck it, I could do this. And then he fucked up. Uh, I still remember the part where he fucking punched the fucking window and it wasn't a work. And he fucking broke his hand. I was like, good, fuck you. <laughs> oh, yeah, he had those, like, terrible gashes. He was out. Like, actually, that, like, pretty much derailed the rest of his career in WCW. Mm-hmm. Like that happened and he was just like on the shelf for a while and by the time he got back things were just fucking insane in wcw that was like the downward spiral so yeah he never he, he never really quite recovered after the the kevin nash cattle prod fucking victory anyway mm-hmm. nah especially that was followed by finger poke of doom that that i mean that was actually just a turning point anyway for wcw but that's a it's a whole different thing but we'll get there one day one day eventually <laughs> getting some color 2028 yes yeah. <laughs> until we get uncle eric full-time um oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway back to rick flair's last match um so the match itself was fucking scary as shit like in the beginning like obviously they did the whole tag thing every time jay lethal was in there andrade was in the match uh, Jeff Jarrett did some things with and- Andrade, which I was like surprised about for some strange reason, but he like actually kept up with Andrade. So Jeff Jarrett still has it. Uh, Dude, I mean, Jeff Jarrett doesn't look like he aged fucking at all since the last time I saw him in the ring. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And-, and he did a bunch of things that, you know, because there's a 72 year old fucking Ric Flair in the ring, like he made it. He, he, like, went all the way up to the entrance. He's like, I'm leaving. I'm gone. That's it. And then, like, uh, Jeff Jarrett's wife had to go get him uh, and say, go back in the ring. Don't be, like, essentially, don't be a pussy. <laughs> and he, he's, like, I, he's like, I'm regrouping. I'm taking a breather. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's something I, I listened to something after, too. Uh, just other reports of people that were there and talking about how Jeff Jarrett, like, worked that crowd so hard. Like it was, some people were saying, like, and these are people in the business too. They have not seen a crowd be like worked like that for a long time. Yeah, he uh, when he was coming down the ramp on his entrance, he took someone's drink and poured it in their face, <laughs> and then the dude went fucking nuts. And it wasn't it was a work. Guy, oh no, it's a shoot. And then he was like, "Yeah," I and the guy was mad, and he's like, "I'll beat your ass. Come on out here." Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. old school heat. Like yeah, it was actually like. There were people like this is how you know you you have true heat when whenever you fall down and the stands like the people in the, like right there immediately on the floor if they're not already on their feet stand up to see what happened to you because they want you to get punched in the face that badly that's when you know you've got the heat and that's exactly <laughs> what happened yeah meanwhile you've got I, I don't want to talk badly of Ric Flair in this regard just because it's like uh, also hearing now like apparently he was like collapsing during training. And like working his ass off with Jay Lethal uh, to get ready for this. And what's crazy is Jay Lethal like didn't know that he was preparing for something like this for a while. He was just thought that Rick wanted to get back into shape and just wanted to be in the ring. And then it turned into the, what it did. Um, I, yeah, it was hard to watch, but that's yeah. just because of the context. How many other you know seventy year olds are you going to have in there moving around? Um, and if you know, given what Rick Flair's been through, I was um, I was just scared because like there was little moments where he was shaking, like he was spazzing out, and I'm like, oh no, this is this is how he's going. I mean, like I that that that's how he would want to go in the ring, I think. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to see Ric Flair die on live TV. Like, what is going on here? Uh, the ending was uh, like 
listen, I understand the rep wanted to end it pretty, because he probably saw what I saw and every, what everybody else saw of him just collapsing and, and spazzing out. Both They were doing the figure four, both Jeff Jarrett, I think it was Jeff Jarrett, uh, and Ric Flair, and both shoulders were laid flat. And, like, he counted one, two, three, but counted it for Ric Flair, obviously. But, I, I, like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, ah! I was like, that's a draw! <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> but I'm like, I understand it's Ric Flair's match. And then, like, even after that, I was still worried because everyone else, like, the one part that, like, really scared me is when Conrad uh, threw the fucking brass knuckles at Andrade uh, when the referee was uh, occupied. And, like, Andrade was, like, trying to give the brass knuckles to Ric Flair, and Rick was not there. Uh, either, A, he was, like, trying to reactivate his pacemaker mid-match, uh, or, like, because, like, Andrade was, like, speaking fucking perfect English, like, hey, Rick, hey, Rick, brass knuckle, brass knuckle. And, like, eventually he put it on, but it looked like he put it on backwards, the brass ring, uh, the brass uh, knuckles. And then, obviously, Jeff Jarrett sold it like a champ. Um, and then that's when the figure four happened. Uh, it was funny. He's like, <laughs> he kept the brass knuckles on while he had the fucking figure four going. Uh, but, like, I, I forgive him, but I, I was just glad that he was alive. Uh, and he did the Ric Flair most, uh, what he always does after an emotional match. He cried. Uh, and then he says he's going to get drunk with Kid Rock after the match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I saw um I saw a post. People were just trying to like you know how someone will put a picture up and they'll say wrong answer describe this wrong answers only. Mm. And it was that picture of uh Rick in the corner and you can see Undertaker in the background giving him the stare and it said uh like one of the eight comments was uh uh what was a retired Teletubby is uh, being beaten to death while a biker gives him the Care Bear stare. Dude, under- I was like, what? <laughs> what, what, what? What's funny is like you have Bret Hart smiling. Like Bret Hart was actually looked like he, he was having legit fun watching the match. Then you have Mick Foley who's like always needs to look for the camera. Like bang, 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 bang. <laughs> I'm better. This is better than fucking SummerSlam. That was actual uh, quote he said in the beginning of the Ric Flair. Uh, last match card. And then you go look at The Undertaker and he's just staring into the darkness. Like, <laughs> I thought for I thought for a second, like, I thought Taker was going to help out Ric Flair, maybe, uh, because, like, there was no smile from Undertaker. Like, I, it, yeah. it, it's kind of like I'm here only for my friend and only for my friend only. I do not want to watch this garbage card of a fucking show. Uh, remember that time? Remember that time Taker told us about how he and Big Show went on that that long desert run on their motorbikes. They went out and I don't know what happened. They became one with the coyote or some bullshit. Mm. Clearly, peyote was involved. Maybe some acid. I'm pretty sure all of it reactivated last or not last night, but on Sunday. <laughs> Cause that's what he looked. He he looked out of it. He he. And I don't know if it was out of the fear, like he was actually like like he said. Like I'm sure there are plenty of people that watched that and were terrified. I I went back and watched it after I knew it was safe. I, I decided not to rinse it and watch it live because I was that afraid of watching it. Um, because I really didn't want to see that. I feel traumatized by seeing Owen Hart die live. That was awful. Mm-hmm. As a kid, but uh, you know this is something that's like 
weed. You can totally stop this. But I'm glad it worked out that nothing happened. Um, that being said, you know, I would trust people to a certain point with their testimony of, hey, we were here live and this was great. And then we had a blast because live shows are way more fun than when you watch them at home. Mm. And guess what? I watched live yesterday. AEW Dynamite. Yeah. I got to go yeah. to the show in Columbus. So segue. But uh, before we go to that, do you want to talk about any anything else about the Ric Flair match? No, it's just funny that like seeing Conrad be part of the storyline and just see someone the size of me, uh, like trying to get it with fucking J- Jeff Jarrett. Uh, and uh, he's got the hookup, man. He's yeah, got, he's got all the streaming stuff, or you know, the podcast game going, and you know, he's reports his father-in-law. I mean, it's kind of a big deal. I I gotta admit two things, Conrad. Good job landing that wife, but boy, he, he's. I mean, she's a little thick. But damn, uh, so he? yeah, I mean, he's mega thick, but uh, <laughs> but <laughs> dummy thick, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and my second thing is, was the it be- together? And was it <laughs> and was it because WWE that Charlotte couldn't be there, or does Charlotte really fucking hate Rick Fla- Rick Flair? Really, like, oh, I, I thought Charlotte was there, I didn't see her unless they didn't put the camera on her, no, which I had heard reports before Flair did an interview, uh. It was busted open radio, uh, and had they confirmed that Charlotte would if she would be there, but she would not be on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's exactly what you'd said WWE wouldn't allow it. That and- makes sense, that's fine. I mean, Jeff Jarrett's kind of protected, right? Like he's covered, but you don't want to put a live performer or they don't want one of their live performers on television with you know it being associated with so many other promotions. Yeah, um, was what so, I, I get that White Claw Tony was there, right. Yeah, Tony Khan was there. Yeah, I saw a video of, like, Ric Flair, like, hugging everybody, and, like, Tony Khan was just, like, waiting for that hug, and he never got it. Oh, <laughs> and you can see the disappointment. Uh, but I, I laughed. I was like, oh, you missed Tony. <laughs> he probably, like, because I bet you there was, like, a deal at some point that Ric Flair was supposed to come in, and because the helicopter dick on that, that one episode probably derailed it, and he probably oh, got yeah. pissed off. There were heavy rumors he was going to come in and be the manager for Andrade, and then that that dropped that mm. uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode dropped, and it kind of ruined things. My understanding is that he and he and Tony are, are on good terms, especially because to him Tony idolizes Ric Flair. That's mm. part of why he had him there. But I would I would honestly wonder if it's not even that. I would imagine it had more to do with Warner Brothers is not going to let certain things on the television. For instance. Um, uh, what's the tag team FTR just faced? The Briscoes. Um, because of the things that came to light about things they said a, like a decade ago, um, Warner Brothers, Warner Media is just like, nope, they're not going to be on live television. So the Briscoes are basically blackballed from being on AEW. However, they are signed with a Ring of Honor. They have, they, uh, listen, I understand Image, but like they are real, like they're good tag teams, and I think they need good tag teams in fucking AEW. They ain't got any room to fucking talk when they're pushing Ezra Miller and the fucking Flash. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I totally agree. Like, I, <laughs> like I'm not. I'm just saying that's just that is the corporate decision. I'm not saying yeah, I agree yeah, yeah. It is, but but uh, but I agree. I would I would debate. I mean, I think the Briscoes definitely deserve to be there because they are one of the best tag teams in the world. But 
I don't know if I would say AEW is desperate to have tag teams. That's actually the problem is they have too many tag teams. True. Um, hopefully the, the six man thing will help uh, alleviate that. But they could, use, day, they could use more good tag teams like them. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about all that. I, no, I, have, no, no, no. I have the ones that I like. I have the ones that I like. I, I overall, I think their their tag team division is still probably their strongest uh, division overall. But I guess so. Since we're there. AEW, what happened? Yeah, so uh, the show was a blast. Um, I have not had a chance yet. I was considering coming back and watching back later because, you know, one of the big things with a live show versus watching is you don't have any of the commentary. And I've noticed, too, that there are, it looks like there are certain bits that they don't air for the fans during the shows. I've, I've called that now on two things. So it's actually a good thing to watch because, for instance, uh, just an example, Miro cut a promo to help advance the stuff with the House of Black. That didn't happen live. We didn't see it at all. So I had no idea it happened. Hmm. Um, they had other things that were going on at the time, like I guess in the background while that was there, but it just didn't air at all for, for us. Um, there were a couple others like that. There were some that did air, which is why I was confused. John Moxley cut a promo that was that was backstage, and it was shown, but that wasn't it. So that was a little confusing, but uh, yeah, the show was great, though. Um, I had great seats right in the corner behind um, one of the posts of the ring, but uh, not, like, on the floor, like, just in the first level. Um, and for whatever reason, the row we were in is, like, the row right where the second row from where the uh, uh, the rail is. And there was no one in the front, the seats in the front row ahead of me, which is perfect. So, like, you know, the obvious thing with the social context would be stand up when everyone else does for certain things, but... At one point, I just didn't give a fuck. It's like, I don't have nobody blocking my view. I'm not getting up. My fat ass can barely stand up and sit down in these seats. So I'm going to sit down and clap. I'll, I'll, I'll yell and clap my ass off for things, but I, I just not going to stand. So um, so I'm sure I got caught in camera sitting there with my, my nuts hanging out. But <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, they taped Dark Elevation uh, prior to the live show, mostly squash matches, um, but they had a couple of bits that happened. Um, so... Uh, this kind of ties in some of the news uh, yesterday, too. AEW uh, announced um, new um, titles for uh, the talent and uh, backstage uh, executives. And uh, so some people got um, raises, like their vice president of, of creative and different things. Effectively, this is to help with some of those creative decisions and to help with the communication issue that they've had within the company. Um, so I think it's a good move overall. Um it looked like um, Sanjay Dutt and uh, QT Marshall were both the VPs that were that were hired. Um, Pat Buck was another that was that was given a, a new position, and then they the new hire who is now one of the senior women's coaches. Um, she is um, I'm making sure I say it right. Madison Rain. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, former uh, TNA um, women's. Uh, champion and uh apparently she had holds the record for the most or ha- at one point held the record for the most knockouts uh tag title uh championships so uh sounds like a really good um asset for them to pick up they cut a promo where they introduced her to everyone because she's from columbus it's kind of cool uh but she got interrupted by stokely hathaway and jade cargill and that was when she gave the surprise announcement that she's not only hired as a coach but she's actually also hired as a wrestler and they went ahead and set up the match this Friday. She's going to debut on Rampage, um, and it looks like they're setting up. 
later on that she may take on Jade in a big match. Um, so that'll be kind of neat. Um, there were a couple of um, couple of good matches. Uh, Parker Boudreaux or Harlan from uh, former NXT and WWE um, actually uh, had a match, and he looks insane. Like I don't mean that as in he looks like a bald guy with the wearing a jacket and he's silent and looks like he's the next Michael Myers. I mean he actually looks like the future Brock Lesnar. He he looked nuts. Um, so I I have no. It's like I, you could show a two minute video of his squash match. How he just brutalized this guy, and then it just makes you wonder what the fuck was Vince thinking? <laughs> like he didn't want to literally. Time. I guess no. I mean, to me that's like the perfect thing. Like you literally. You literally have the WrestleMania two years from now if you can keep Brock around. WrestleMania 40 could literally have been the two of them. You remember when Hogan and Giant had the monster truck duel? They could have yeah. had the duel. Oh, and you mean when, the, yeah, when Giant d- debuted and won the title? Yeah. <laughs> After he was thrown off a building or thrown off the monster truck and we thought he died and he came back and the Yate came. Yeah, I, yeah I, those are some ups and downs. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think it'd be really cool to have seen – I just in general, it's just like compared to like some of the monsters that get pushed, it's like how in the world did you get that wrong? Like, what was the thought process of? Oh well, I'm gonna make him mute, and I'm gonna cut his hair, shave him completely bald, and I'm gonna just make him wear very concerning outfits and make him look like he like reads manuscripts that were written by Charles Manson. Like that, <laughs> that's what he looked like. His character didn't look intimidating. His character just looked like a psycho. Instead of putting like a SWAT stick on his forehead, he puts like a triangle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and guess what? You know what he did last night when he came out? He came out wearing fucking MMA uh, shorts, and he's got the giant chest tattoo, and he literally looks like Brock Lesnar. It's just in a different, like it's like alternate universe Brock Lesnar, and not in a bad way. Like he he looked great. Um, so I don't know. That that was a really cool thing to see. Um, Mance Warner, which you didn't bring him up, uh, the name specifically, but he was in that bunkhouse brawl. Um, mm. And uh, he's a big uh, GCW guy. Uh, he debuted on Dark Elevation. And it also ties in later, he's actually facing John Moxley Friday um, on Rampage. Um, but it looks like there's there's something going on there. I don't think they've announced him officially being signed to AEW, but that's it's pretty quick progression, so... Um, he got a massive pop. Like I actually was kind of surprised. I saw it and he came out, um, his, his music hit and, uh, like there were a bunch of hardcore people apparently there. Like there were, there was actually a, a CZW chant. Like, so you have some faithful, like hardcore wrestling fans there, uh, uh, in the area, which was weird. Cause then people in the crowd that were like, what's CZW? Uh, which I thought was kind of funny, but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, and someone was like, he's a deathmatch wrestler. And they're like, oh, okay, I get it now. He's hardcore. <laughs> he's hardcore. He's yeah, hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Um, right before the show started, uh, FTR comes out. Um, huge pop. It's great. Um, they come out, just quickly talk to everyone, cut a kind of a face promo. Uh, they aren't clear to compete at the moment because uh, of the injuries from the, the pay-per-view they had. Um, Dax Harwood comes out in a chest protector he's got like the rib protector on and stuff um but uh but yeah they're they're still over as fuck um fuck yeah so then we talked before about it uh i remember what it was so um, i was gonna pull up my phone to go over the the match reviews um the uh matches themselves were, were great uh the opener was 
um, Orange Cassidy and Jay Lethal. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, which again was, you know, Jay Lethal being hot off of the the Ric Flair thing, and they did have a little bit of like story kind of tied to this, um, where uh, earlier the best friends wrestled. Um, and Jay Lethal and, and uh, oh, what big fucker, the Punjabi Playboy 2.0, I can't remember his name. <laughs> um, you know who I'm talking about. The Great Khali uh, 2. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what did you say, Zach? I said low T, Jinder Mahal. Low, uh, he's he's got to have more T. No, he doesn't <laughs> have more T. Have you seen Jinder Mahal? Have you fucking seen him? Yeah, he, he's a foot shorter than this guy. This that's guy has all, that's this got guy nothing has to do with tea. That's got nothing to do with tea. That's just everything. Fucking, no, that's just genetics. It's all about the look. I bet he looks like a bunch of sh- big pile of shit underneath all those clothes. We, we won't go into how. We won't go into why testosterone actually does matter regarding your height, but it's all about timing. But that's that's a different thing. But yes, uh, we'll, we'll go with it. Low T, Low T, Jinder Mahal mm. with his his big old ears. He came out and. Uh, I, sw- I swear to God, the guy's earlobes are larger than Adam Cole's biceps. Like, <laughs> that's not hard to do, though. I mean, it's it... <laughs> that's right. But but really, though, a troll aside, like he's he's got some big fucking ears, but he's also massive. Like the guy, like he he looks way bigger live than he does on television. Holy shit, he's huge. Um. Anyway, uh, their match actually was really good. Uh, Orange Cassidy's over as hell. Everyone's. Uh, cheering for him, wanting him to win. At one point, uh, big dude comes out. He's going to intimidate and get interfered. And the best friends come out, and they go the full comedy act. It was so funny. They literally came out on each other's shoulders wearing a trench coat. So they were taller than him. And it was funny as fuck. Uh, And uh, Sanjay Dutt looked like he was going to climb on dude's shoulders, and they were going to have a chicken fight on top of the ramp. Uh, it, It was weird, nutty stuff, but it didn't happen. Anyway, uh, they actually pulled a Bret Hart angle in this match, which is kind of <laughs> cool. Uh, That's where the first of the Bret Hart things came from. Fucking uh, <laughs> Yeah, they, they did, but it was it was a good one. It was a good. It's one that's not overdone. It's not it's not overdone. So uh, you're gonna I'm gonna say it. You're like that's totally overdone, but it's not. And we don't have time to go into why it's not. But uh, uh, Jay Lethal gets Orange Cassidy out, outside, throws him into the steps, and then. Um, vaults into him and like is messing his leg up. I, I want to say it's his right leg. Um, so, you know, now he's just working the leg the rest of the time. Cassidy starts to make his comeback, tries to finally get, get the setup to go for the orange punch, but he falls because he can't keep the weight on his leg. Um, uh, Jay Lethal hits a, uh, one other move and then goes for lethal injection, which I don't care what anybody thinks about Jay Lethal. The guy is really good in the ring, and that move is cool as fuck. Uh, and he gets the three, like a clean three count. I was very surprised. I actually yelled the same phrase like two or three times because I didn't expect a couple of the match results the way they went. But this was the first one. Like, well, shit, they gave it to him. So Jay Lethal wins. They decide to go ahead and beat up on Orange Cassidy. The best friends are coming back out to save him. Not going to lead to much. Wardlow comes out. And this sets up uh, the Battle of the Belts event, which is happening on Saturday, uh, which one of the premier specials they're doing, um, Wardlow versus uh, Jay Lethal for the, for the TNT Championship. So uh, it, had, it had its reason for happening. It was fine. And I don't think Orange Cassidy is hurt there because, again, they went through the angle where he's, he clearly got injured and they, they worked that. I think that's, that's, that is the like foundational way for a face to – to take a loss without having the loss substantially harm them. 
Um, or, you know, or otherwise you, you have to resort to the whole distraction and, and bullshit finishes, which I think, again, diminishing returns. So, um, yeah. so anyway, I like that match a lot. Um, I want to say I rated, I rated that a seven. And I also put the caveat of seeing it live at least added probably a half to, to a full, like, rating, like, number. Just because I, I would have probably rated it less if I watched it at home. But live, it was, the environment and atmosphere was cool. So, um, let's see. Next match was, uh, I may have a little out of order, the squash match with Hobbs. He just squashed a random jobber. Uh, Ricky Starks comes out and does, like, the coolest thing. There's no there's no exposition. He's not waiting for the camera to watch him while he comes out. He comes out angry as fuck because Hobbs, you know, turned on him last week. Comes out, and he just comes fist flying, just trying to beat the hell out of Hobbs. Problem is, Hobbs is built like a... Uh, brick shit house so eventually he just picks him up and, and spine busters him and that's that oh um th- th- did it come off in the live event because like taz like was on commentary he's like hey i just want you to know that hook uh powerhouse hobbs and ricky stocks i wish him the best of luck but team taz is dead and that's it <laughs> yeah so none of that came up across um you know, Hobbs got the uh, got like a new intro and didn't wear orange, which I thought it kind of sold a little bit of that. But mm. they didn't announce anything. He got the Cody Rhodes uh, intro. He came through the middle, which he looked badass. Uh, but uh, but yeah, um, Ricky's over. So his his face turn is official. Everybody was behind him, and I don't know how the crowd sounded live because I, I mean, or on television, I didn't get to watch it, but it was loud as fuck, man. Like it was very loud. Uh, so um, that was that was really cool. Um, to hear that reaction for him, for both of them, really, because Hobbs got the heat. And people, people are loud about that. Um, and yeah, I heard later, yeah, Taz effectively said, "Yeah, they they acted upon themselves to do everything they did. I'm not gonna have you know a bunch of children doing whatever, yada yada. I wish them the best, but that's it. Which is fine. Uh, yeah. We'll see how that goes. But uh, let's see. I didn't rate it the match because squash. Uh, next, which was surprising, um, with within a half hour of the show actually going, they actually had a women's match instead of waiting until that, like that, like dead spot. Um, and it was actually, I think in my opinion, it was the best match of the night um, in terms of the actual like in ring stuff. I was very surprised. Um, uh, funny enough, there's a redneck probably three rows down for me in the crowd. And he is fucking infatuated with Jamie Hayter. Well, so am I. <laughs> yeah. No, no, okay, don't get me wrong. I, I like her too. And I'm glad she's getting her due. But you don't get it. Like this guy is constantly just yelling, "Get the fuck off her, Jamie! You get in there, you whoop her ass!" Like he is just like it, it actually sounds like he might be her boyfriend. Fucking awesome! Like, it, it was great. It, it, like by the end of it, we were all like joking and saying that we're all now a part of the Jamie Appreciation Society. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, that their match. I, I know I'm lingering a lot on these matches. I, I won't go through a lot of the details, but uh, that match didn't go the way I thought it would. I thought they were going to set up. Um, something where storm would um would finish and then maybe one or both teams would turn on it on themselves um because they've been kind of teasing the hater Britt baker turn for a while but it looks like they they were actually able to pick up the the win um and and jamie hater looked good she she had a couple of really good spots she's really really strong um yeah. like a lot of power moves uh which looked really good a lot of deadlifting uh so I'm really hoping that when they decide eventually to pull the trigger and split her and Britt, they actually decide to push her. Cause I think she, she deserves it. Um, but, uh, that was the second, Oh shit. I did not expect that match to go that way. So, 
Um, so you had, you had Tony Storm and Jamie Hader in the same match. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh huh. Yeah, that was good. I I t- attempted and failed to get a Thunderstruck chant going. Um, for those who don't know what that is, you know the ACDC song Thunderstruck. I'm dead set on the fact that that should be what Thunder Rosa's theme is, and I've heard the crowds do it before, where you go, Thunder. Whoa, 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 whoa. I tried like twice, never got anyone to do it. Everyone wanted to keep doing the Thunder Rosa DMD chant, which. I, whatever, it's fine. Except that one guy, you're like, Jamie Hater! Fuck me! I, actually, yeah. Like, even <laughs> when she cheated, she ran over and, like, did something, and the ref caught her, and he's like, Ref, you blind motherfucker, she didn't do anything. She's doing, abiding by the rules. Like, that's fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> up, like, she needs to find him and make him a manager. <laughs> like, this guy's <laughs> on her side. So, uh, then, uh, we had the Young Bucks, uh, and the Undisputed Elite segment. Uh, of course, Adam Cole returned. I, mean, I got this a little out of order. I think this actually happened before, but um, Adam Cole comes out, cuts this thing about loyalty. To me, it just looks like a very obvious setup that they're going to turn on the Bucks. Mm. Uh, I guess some people after I, again, I'm, the angle I'm looking at, it always looked like Red Dragon was always positioning themselves behind the Bucks. So to me, it always just looked very clear. But I guess from the view from television, it's different. But uh, anyway, um, it was disappointing. Cole uh, clearly didn't gain any mass while he was gone, so he didn't listen to Booker T at all. Shame, shame. Yeah. Shucky ducky. Clack, clack. Why would you listen uh, to your in this business? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why you'd listen to the veterans, but uh, <laughs> and, I, and I, of course, I'm like just being facetious. I'm trolling. Like I, I actually like Adam Cole. I think there are other things that, that actually are, are limiting him more, but that's that's a different discussion. I, but I loved Adam Cole. It's just he came over there, and then it's like it. He's just diminished. Yeah, well, I think he, he's still trying to do the same thing. Um, hopefully, they're going to move into something else. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, he cut the promo about uh, he, he announced that he isn't medically cleared to compete in the six man. Neither is Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly. Um, it sets up how they like said, well, the Bucks can't compete because they're not going to physically allow them to. They turn on him. I was really hoping this is where Kenny would return. Um, but I'm also okay with, with Paige turning, uh, you know, Teaming back up with them. I, I, the segment where he comes out and saves them was cool. Um, and it got a good reaction, too. Um, let's see. Uh, that was – immediately following that was the Moxley promo, which was badass. Uh, Moxley telling people that he's he, – one way or another, someone's going in an ambulance and it might be him. I just – I don't know. I always I like how he – I, I drink yeah. blood. I eat bones. I'm going to fucking kick your ass. He doesn't do any of that shit, but he does win. Yeah, it's Mad Max. Yeah, well, and I've learned something. There's like three truths in the world: it's death, taxes, and someone's gonna bleed in a in a John Moxley match, and it's probably gonna be him. Like within two minutes, he's forehead bleeding, which is great. Um, We're getting there. We're getting there, Andy. Yeah, you want to see something raw? Go find an episode of Hell's Kitchen or something. And you can yell all about how it's undercooked or whatever. It's fucking raw. <laughs> but uh, let's see the. Um, the next match was definitely the worst match of the night. Uh, I did not need to time travel back to 2002 and watch uh, Matt Hardy and Christian Cage fight. Um, that match was – it was serviceable, but it was not very not very entertaining. Uh, the guy behind me uh, was yelling uh, – was yelling Jeff Hardy for Triple Crown DUI champion. <laughs> that's, like, that's the greatest thing ever. And then someone was like, what do you mean? And he explained how he's gotten a DUI and been kicked out of three different companies. And then we were making a joke that the, the belt is like made out of like uh, like 
car parts that of cars he wrecked and it's held in a crown royal bag yes. <laughs> it, was like, it was super <laughs> fucked up it was really funny uh, oh my god i'm gonna the, put, i'm gonna put the blame on matt hardy for that match though yeah that, christian I, we've seen christian have matches in AEW, and they've been like decent to pretty good yeah no christian christian carried that match and it's I mean, Matt Hardy just needs to settle, I think, more into a manager in a backstage role. He doesn't need to be wrestling anymore. He can't move. His hips are just busted. Just I, He's I got mean, that dad bod, too. I, I, res- like, I respect the hell out of him, but it's like, you just can't do it anymore, man. Like, And it's hard to watch. Like, um, I, So that's that's my thing. Is that It was just kind of difficult to watch overall. Clearly, Christian was carrying that match in terms of the, the pace and everything. Um, they did eventually get the uh, he was going to do the concerto. Uh, Dark Luchasaurus comes out. Um, I can't remember what my joke was before. Black War Greymon or whatever. I think I was, I was going to make a Digimon reference about how they turn him into a black dinosaur. But um, but anyway, uh, the Jungle Boy actually was the one to sneak back in the ring and and uh, and attack him and stuff. Uh, Jungle Boy was over as hell. Uh, I was actually right in like where I was is right above where Jungle Boy like snuck out and then where I was like two rows or something like right behind where christian cage was so i haven't watched it yet but i'm probably on live tv again nuts just hanging out whatever but uh we'll see um i'm gonna uh really i want to finish up because i've got two i think two more matches to talk about but before i get there i gotta tell you the story of how i had uh i almost get kicked out and i had my my sign confiscated so Uh-oh. yeah Shit. so kicked out of something again yeah, well, hold on. It's a little backstory. So when I went to my first AEW event in Jacksonville, I saw a guy who brought a whiteboard. He brought the, the dry erase board. That's fucking perfect. It's genius, right? Well, it's too genius. I saw that and did not even think twice. Like, oh, that's the coolest thing ever. This guy was like right in the front, like really close to me there, was writing funny stuff up. It was fine. Turns out that guy actually was like a close family friend with the company. So he was given permission because they were like, oh, we trust you to not do anything stupid on television. But normally you're not allowed to have those. They're actually just banned because they can't control what you're going to write. And they actually have to look at the signs to make sure it's okay to see what you bring. So I made um, a whiteboard and I took poster board and I, but we the poster board wasn't the same size. So I had to like put like this Jimmy rigged nonsense together so one side said Trash Boys um, for the, the uh, uh, acclaimed and Ass Boys match. And then the other was blank, and I had a Sharpie with me. I was going to write stuff. I'm walking in, and the guy next to me actually has a sign that says, Psychonauts is better than Mario Odyssey. So, like, this guy's <laughs> going to have a fun time with his hot video game takes. Cause that's what Fuck that guy, by the way. Yeah. Mario Odyssey is way better. Fuck and you. That's not the point. It's, it's, <laughs> see, he, he got worked. You fucking mark, but uh, we'll uh, that's right, brother. Poop, poop, brother. HH. Uh, but uh, so I get there, and yeah, we go through the security, and yeah, they they're like, uh, you can't have the sign, and I'm like, why not? He's like, you have a sharpie. I was like, yeah, and like, yeah, you can't have it because you can just write whatever you want, and we we can't allow that. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize because that's I've seen them on the show before. And they're like, yeah, it doesn't, we don't do that anymore. And I'm like, okay, well, what if I get rid of the Sharpie? He's like, no, you just can't have the board. And he's like, you can take this thing apart. And when I tell you, I could not just take the other poster. I mean, I couldn't take it. It was like three different pieces because um, I use like my daughter's construction paper shit when she does arts and crafts. And it was like taped on all, all janky. It looked awful. 
So it was like, yeah. Uh, I'm like, well, you know, it's okay. I just want to go watch the show. And they're like, yeah, well, you're going to have to take it to your car or you just can't come in. Like, what? I'm not, I'm not walking back in there in the 90 degree. He just threw that shit away. It's a dumpster over there. And he's like, no, well, you can't throw it away. You need to, like, what the fuck? So I look at the guy and I'm just like, pick a lane, dude. Like, you decide. Like, what? Like, either just like, I, I, you can keep it. I don't want the fucking sign. Like, whatever. I'll just leave. And the guy's like, all right, I'll put it back in storage. Just come find me after and I'll give it back to you. And I'm like, well, that's a different direction, but okay. So anyway, that's what happens. I didn't get to have my sign. I did get it back at the end, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, um, fast forward back to the latter half of the, the, the match. Um, so now we have the uh, Acclaim versus Ass Boys, which was awesome. I think Acclaim might be one of my favorite acts in AEW. I'm I'm all for the the John Cena nonsensical stuff. People had giant scissors as their like yes. prop, which was awesome. Like I'm all about it. So what was, uh, it, what was his rap? What was uh, rap? So uh, the big line was the very first one, and it was so big I didn't even hear the other part. I had to look it up later. Um, but he talked about how they were going to beat them so bad he was going to make the ass boys retire like Vince McMahon, and people went oh, shit and said it. <laughs> uh, then he said something about positive vibes, uh, positive like Joe Biden's COVID test. No one reacted to that because people were still like making noise over the Vince McMahon line. So, um, but and that was the like, the other thing was about the ass boys. But uh, but they're they're over as hell. Um, their match was pretty good. Um, I like to think that I willed something new into existence. Um, so they had two big dumpsters. They're, they're, they had a dumpster match. So effectively, ca- casket match, ambulance match, same just, you know, put the, the opponent in, close the door, you win. So the match goes back and forth. Most of the time, they're actually getting their ass beat, and then they start to make a comeback and, and figure it out. Uh, they pull the the, um, the Undertaker-AJ Styles spot from WrestleMania, the, the cinematic match where – uh, Undertaker just pops up behind him. They did that where the one one of the uh, Aspera boys who was dressed like Henry O'Godwin um, <laughs> can't even make it up. He's wearing the straight up overalls and shit. Uh, he climbed up behind him and uh, like he was standing up and he was like on the he was up on the uh, entrance ramp or like one of the uh, platforms. He was like 15 feet in the air and Caster climbs up behind him and like does the thing where he stands up behind him and he doesn't know he's there and then throws him into the dumpster and they win. And after they win, I just yell, "All right, now push that, push the dumpster off the stage." And someone looks at me and is like, "Oh, that's that's crazy. They wouldn't do that." And I shit you not, within twenty seconds, they're then signaling to push it over, and people start yelling, and it's hype. They push those motherfuckers over the stage, like the whole thing flipped over, and all the cushioning shit even flipped out. Like, uh, oh God, there's people in there. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "What's oh. so great about that?" So, so one kid looked at me and said, why'd you tell them to do that? And I, like, a seven-year-old kid is like, why'd you say that? I, like, I don't think they heard me. I think they planned this. No, you but, will uh, existence. You fucking, you, you gave them a command. Yeah, this kid, by the way, we're going to get there. This kid, he had a spicier line later. Oh, uh, before you continue, yeah, Tony, Tony, Tony Khan, listen to me. Yeah. Get better, better camera people. Because when you did that fucking dumpster thing... The camera was literally on the crash pad while the dumpster came uh, down. And I get it that they're trying to get the shot of, like, the dumpster flipping, which, by the way, it opened a little, and I was like, I hope I, I hope their arm doesn't come out of there and, like, fucking breaks it and shit. Uh, uh, Good. 
I was just, I was just gonna end like it, you you make it look bad that way. Yeah, they maybe could have found a better angle. Go from that. this area, like they, sh well, not too close to the edge because it could have probably fell on him. But like on the corner of the stage where you're not looking at the crash pad and you're just looking straight ahead, I think that would have been better. Yeah. yeah. So, what's interesting with that is. I agree with you. The camera stuff is always, it's been a consistent issue. Like they're constantly catching things. They're not supposed to like that. Uh, to actually to reference Taz, don't run a sloppy shop, fix that shit. Like that's, you've, you've been doing this now for three years. Like just clean that shit up. It's an easy thing to fix now. Now that you know it, like make sure that to not catch certain things, practice it, you know, know where your, your people are going to be, know what the angles are. Um, that being said, I did not see a crash pad, but that's also because of the angle I was at. So mm. clearly, you know, with the television looking at it, it's there. So I'm glad you told me that. I would have assumed that something was there. But yeah. What I saw was the dumpster flipped over and it opened and they just fell to the floor. And I was like, holy shit, I hope they're okay. Because that looked rough. Um, didn't the New Age Outlaws have something with the dumpster? Like before they became DX, wasn't there like some... Yeah. They had a dumpster match with... or I don't think it was a dumpster match. I think it was just like a fucking hardcore match or something. With uh, Terry Funk and uh, Mick Foley, his Chainsaw Charlie, yeah, and, and uh, fucking pantyhose. They fucking put them <laughs> in the dumpster and pushed them off the stage, and then that's when Jr. said, oh, "Good God, there's people in there! What is so great about that?" He was freaking the fuck out. Yeah, Jr. Jr. was just like, "Yeah," <laughs> like he was happy about the acclaimed. <laughs> so he was happy. He, he was remembering better times. That's mm -hmm. what that <laughs> Okay, I just want to bring up, since you said that, just just brief step statement. We don't have to talk about it. But greatest greatest just random gimmick change uh, from one thing to the next, ha hands down, has to be hardcore legend Terry Funk putting on pantyhose over his head and carrying a chainsaw to the ring, and he's now Chainsaw Charlie. That is the funniest shit ever. No, -uh. it's mm -hmm. Friar first and turn it back into the Bastion Booger. No, no, <laughs> fuck all that. He, just, he also, gave up. He was just like, I can't give up. I can give up women because I never had them, but but I can't give up my cheeseburgers. <laughs> also, narcissist uh, turning into the Patriot Lex Luger. That that's another one. I'm gonna yeah, feel MK Ultra. That that, that's almost as sad as ALS. I I can't. But anyway, <laughs> no, seriously though, I, I meant that like Chainsaw Charlie was great. It's just goofy as fuck. It, but like, who thinks to just be like a person that's so recognizable in the wrestling world. And they're like, well, how are you going to make him into a different character? And Vince is probably like, I just put pantyhose on his head. Like they did in that movie when they robbed a bank. No, that was Kevin Dunn's idea. He said, nobody, would know, nobody would know who uh, Terry Funk is. So we're just going to put pantyhose on his head and call him Chainsaw Charlie. That was a Renfield idea. So hmm. there we go. Well, that, now, now I know I learned something. That, that sounds about right. I can't wait to He also leave. said nobody would know who Cactus Jack was. And then, you know, they had that match in Madison Square Garden. Cactus Jack came out and everybody flipped the fuck out. So, yeah. He's been proven wrong like a million times. I don't understand why he was, still has that goddamn position. Hey, maybe Kevin Dunn will be looking for a new job because at least most of the time he doesn't zoom in on a crash pad when somebody's going to fall, fall on it. I mean, I'm not going to argue that the bulk of wrestling fans aren't smooth brains. I'm not going to make any argument for or against that. However, the, they clearly have good long-term memory. Again, what I say like 10 minutes ago from all this rambling and whatnot, fucking people there are yelling for CZW, which is a company that's been dead for like seven years uh, over a guy like that debuted. 
and there are people that other people that are scratching their heads. I don't even know who it is. So people remember shit, especially when they're really famous. So anyway, yeah. um, and there were a couple other promos, other things that happened, segments in between. Uh, uh, Ethan Page came out. Is cutting this like really anti-work promo. Like like why aren't why am I not getting the spotlight? Why am I not getting the time? Thought it was kind of neat because at one point he starts getting cheered and people are like, he's like, I deserve better. Yes. Yes, they are. Uh, myself included. Um, I'm not going to agree with that statement. You're not going to agree with it? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm already there. I said smooth brain. Oh, I mean, I'm not defending you. I'm just saying I'm not stupid. Oh, I see. No, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm one of the, I like to always tell people I'm like one of the smartest dumbasses you'll meet, but that, that is what it is. But, uh, I blame the squirrel brain. I'm just ADHD. But, <laughs> uh, but anyway, Ethan Page is going on about how he deserves better. He deserves TV time and deserves matches than an action figure. And people actually try to start up a You Deserve It chant in, in the crowd. And then he turns on the crowd and says, well, I don't want any of you, you fat, dumb idiots to, to do, buy, or do anything. My shirt's been on sale forever. Nobody's buying it. You're, you're sure as hell not getting it. So you're not helping me. Uh, I just thought that's kind of neat. But uh, it looks like they're going to do something with him. Um, yeah. <laughs> Stupid and dumb are the same thing. It's just semantics. Yeah, that's it's not like dumb and ignorant. Those are two different things. What a smart, smarty pants you are to not it's, realize that. Yeah, how ignorant of you to think dumb and stupid are different. Stupid idiot. Why don't you go it, watch a stupid, dumbass movie? Ignorant, dumb, stupid fuck. We don't need you. We have six other watchers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, main event, uh, Jericho and Yuta. Um, everybody... Yep. I guess it doesn't matter, even though Jericho... I think Jericho could literally just piss on a baby in front of everyone, and everyone would cheer him because of his song. Because everyone's, like, cheering, and there's, like, people behind me. One was like, have my babies! Jesus Christ! My baby. Like, and when I have my babies, I don't think she means have sex. I think she actually has children with which she would like him to adopt. Um, because well, within she... that same time frame, I think her son, I'm not entirely sure, but someone in that same vicinity behind me yelled, Eat shit, Yuna! Like, in a child's voice. Definitely, like, had to be seven years old, Max. It's just yelling mad shit about you. It was the same kid that yelled at me about the dumpster thing. And uh, that their match was really good. Um, I, uh, oh, I, I totally forgot the uh, Max Caster Guns match. I gave it a uh, 6.5 or six and a half chasms. Uh, get to, uh, the main event was solid. Um, they, they, had a good way of trying to like still go with the a way for Jericho to win in a heel way without it being the same thing where there's always interference. He did the old, he tried to get his bat, the ref caught him. As she's getting rid of it, he kicks Yuta in the nuts. And then the match goes a little further, but he eventually is able to to wrangle him and he puts him in the lion tamer, not the walls of Jericho. Try to snap at motherfucker's neck with his knee and Yuta taps. Yeah. Um, and then he announces uh, Moxley comes out, which he Moxley comes out right in front of where we were at, which was super cool. Um, he comes out and then uh, they uh, have a back and forth. Jericho announces that next week he's bringing the Lionheart back, the last survivor of the Heart Dungeon. Um, so it's kind of cool. Uh, and then the at the very end, um, uh, Yuta. Um, I'm trying to remember Moxley. Yeah, it was just Yuta Moxley and. Uh, I'm trying to remember if uh, Claudio came back out. I don't think he did. Um, Regal came out, and uh, they're just talking to people. Moxley's talking about how he loves in Ohio. It's just, you know, he lives an hour and a half away, and you know, this morning he got to 
sleeping at home, uh, had breakfast with his wife and child, and then, you know, got dressed and just drove over or whatever. He, he's, everyone knows how he's eating that shit up. And then he gets interrupted by QT Marshall. Um, it just well, leads to a thing where QT Marshall just says some dumb shit. Everyone's like, get out of here, Charlie Sheen with hair plugs. And, and, and someone said, actually yelled, <laughs> yelled at, which was really fucking funny. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, he got beat up, and then uh, that was that. Then they all went home. I just want to – I'd let Jericho look my Cool Ranch Doritos clean. What a badass. That's, that's what uh, Andy says. <laughs> that is, cool Ranch Doritos clean. That's not even a euphemism. That that's actually more intimate than than any form of intercourse. Like that's that's yeah, that's, that's something. That's what uh oh, what's his fucking name? Sammy Guevara and fucking uh, the other bitch. That's what, yeah, Tay Cunty. Anyway, I just want to point out that John Moxley is a fucking liar. Uh, he doesn't live in Columbus anymore. He lives in fucking Las Vegas. Goddamn piece of shit heel. And they yeah, bought well, it. They bought yeah. it. Well, he said Cincinnati, and he's he's from Cincinnati, so I don't know if he like had another house there or whatever. But I mean, it's reasonable. They keep they always announce him from Cincinnati, Ohio. So whether he lives there, Vegas, whatever, they they bought it. They worked into it. I don't care. At one point, I actually thought there was a man on television who actually like had intellectual disability, but was a wrestling savant. And I questioned for a while in high school whether he actually was disabled. Like, I knew he wasn't related to Eric Bischoff, but I was like, maybe Eugene is a shoot. I don't know. Then I found out he wasn't, and I was like, you know what? That's really messed up. But also, like, kudos to him, because that's hard to pull off. And then is he, he your favorite wrestler? No, not by a long shot. <laughs> I, actually, I actually liked it when he got beat up a lot, but it made me question my own morals. <laughs> my uh, favorite thing they ever did was that time he had a bouncy castle in the back. The Triple H had to go in the bouncy castle <laughs> 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 He's like, Eugene, you're not going to do this. You're not going to do this. He's like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine, Triple H. And then Triple H has to get out of the bouncy castle. So he just flops out on the ground, and he sells it like, you know, a a guy in his mid-30s. He's like, ah. (laughs) Are you okay, Triple H? He's like, I'm fine. (laughs) That guy just got involved with so much wacky shit. Yeah, yeah. Waiting for a Eugene return to, to Let's Raw. Go. Triple H Eugene reunion. Let's go. Uh, can't wait. Him and Regal. That's that's where I it's I don't know why. That's what I think of. I'm always like Regal to me was always like I like him in a way because I always liked heels as we were looked at as a kid. But then yeah. like the sentimental thing was like whenever he like would take up for for Eugene, he was like protecting him, and it was just like oh he's like a he's like his uncle. And his actual uncle's there, but I still remember that promo he did on him when he was pissed when he when he betrayed him and shit. And I was I still remember that promo. Like, God damn, that was like intense. It's brutal. Yeah, it's good. Speaking of Triple H, you get into a wacky situation. Yeah, nice segue. There you go. (laughs) You do. You get into weird shit. It's like like RDJ said, never go full retard. Just can't do it. Anyway, show was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm all bummed because they're going to be even closer in two weeks in Charleston, West Virginia, but I have to work uh, pretty late, so I won't be making that one, but um, it was pretty fun. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I have talked plenty enough, so if somebody would like to, to go over any other news bits or anything before we talk about Monday Night Raw. Raw doggin' it. Uh, Zach, did you want to talk about uh, Triple H, the the creative guy now? Sure. So, 
yeah, uh, shortly after, you know, they announced before that Triple H is uh, EVP talent relations again or president of talent relations, whatever. Uh, like the later that day or the next day or some shit, they're like, he's also head of creative. It's like, oh shit. Like, that's awesome, probably. There was still some tentativeness by everyone, I think. It's like most people were like, that's good. But it was like they still were like in shock from what, what's happened. And they, it's like you still can't quite believe that stuff could maybe change. Yeah. For, uh, if for anyone, I guess, that listens to our show and, and nothing else within our our, uh, our, our podcast universe, uh, whether it be um, what the podcast has surpassed Metal Gear, Project Nemesis, or um, Big Trouble in Little Podcast, which you can catch every Tuesday. Uh, so we, we talked about it on, on that show, but every time we have one of our, our shows of getting some color lately, uh, news is kind of barren. And then out of nowhere, Friday's a bombshell. Well, the last episode, we talked about a bunch of stuff with Vince McMahon and then the next day he fucking retires. No one ever thought that would happen. Most of us, I'm sure if you polled people that would have been like, yeah, he's going to work this until he just dies one day. Right? Like that's how we all thought that would happen. Mm-hmm. Nope. So uh, we don't have to go into the details. We cover a lot of that on, uh, on one of our other shows, uh, on, uh, one of our other episodes. Of Big I, I could keep it. I could keep it simple for you guys. Uh, they were like, hey, man, we found more women and we found more money missing. Vince is like, oh, man, can I go back out there? No, you got to retire. And he's like, all right. And then he retired. <laughs> they, they were like, we found out the mo- there's more money. And it looks like the money wasn't yours. You kind of use you kind of use the company's money. What do you mean? It's my money, damn it. I own most of this company. It's not my fault that I have a genetic jackhammer and you don't. He and just then Nick Khan was like, I had one beer. <laughs> and then he left. <laughs> he he, uh, he gets like flashbacks of the 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 puke not the not the pukester. The guy uh who pukes on command and he just like yeah puke draws yeah puke draws while while he's telling to get retired or fired puke puke come on puke do it I'll leave if you puke. You know what's funny is like that stupid puke gimmick. And it's like yeah he said oh I can puke on command. It never really looked like he puked. It looked like he just smoked a cigarette and had to like spit something up a little bit. He actually don't you know the story with that? He actually couldn't puke on command like he. Like, the, he had to, like, put a bunch of effort into it. It's like, well, yeah, if most people did what you did to puke, they could, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like he just said, I can puke on command, and then actually just did it. He sat there and hacked a whole bunch and, like, distorted his body and shit. It's like, well, yeah. Yeah, all of us I used to turn the channel off because I hate gagging and hearing the sound of throwing up. So every time yeah. he did it, I, I would be like, nope, all right, let me go watch Simpsons until this match is over. <laughs> Somebody throws up on the Simpsons, and you're like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe Dubs just ta- telling everyone at home that he watches his porn on silent without telling everyone that he watches his <laughs> porn on silent. <laughs> I don't like to hear gagging. Well, there you go, kids. All right. <laughs> <laughs> There's no gagging going on here because Triple H take over and they did SummerSlam and it was just, some, some stuff happened. There was uh, 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 Bailey came back with with friends and pockets and pockets. She had more pockets than pockets did. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> um, so she's got a little group going. Uh, Dakota Kai was there. She's back after being let go. Mm-hmm. That's cool because I always thought she was good. She's my bae. 
I hated the way that they made her look and act before she left. It's like she lost her mind and she just like her hair just went nuts. It was like, God, what are y'all doing with her? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, EO Shirai is with them and she's now EO Sky, which is that's fine, I guess. Because, you know, a lot of Americans have problems with Oriental names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I mean, I'm just glad they just didn't name her something, something super weird. EO. Like, yeah, something like a K- K- Kasumi Sasaki or whatever. Some made-up bullshit. Asuka's easy because it's just Asuka. Or just like Teriyaki Thunder Dragon or something. Teriyaki Thunder Dragon. I mean, it's, it, that's what it is. It's like, what what country are your like ancestors from? Or, you know, or what country were you born in, but you actually speak English? Uh, you know, what, what's the dude? Walter, the chain of Gunter. And they had like a full name out. And he actually, it turns out that guy was a Nazi general. And they were like, well, we'll just do Gunter. You know, like the guy that served coffee to the cast and friends. He's yeah. ripped now. Yeah, yeah, he got Jack. He got he got in good fucking shape. He that's, cut, that's, he's looking solid right now. He does. Yeah, no, he, he definitely does. He's a big boy. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah, that that happened. Uh then there was uh like that was one of my big takeaways. The other one was like the, the Lesnar Reigns match where they made it crazy. Where shit happened that sounds like shit that would have happened like twenty some years ago, probably. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that, yeah. Okay. Tractor, tractor flip in the ring is like, I don't know if I want to say it's better, but it is on the same level of ridiculous as Stone Cold driving a beer truck down and spraying people, yeah. or Angle, Angle in the milk truck. It's on, it's on the same level. Like, I mean, in terms of like just crazy, what is happening? But, uh, but yeah. And I mean, they still made Lesnar look like like a crazy some bitch, right? Because like still embossed because it took three people and a shit ton of, of shady stuff to keep him down. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think I think the direction's good. Uh, you the about yeah. The highlight of that match though was when he got he finally F five Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman took a bump. Yes. He's and like, was oh no! Paul Heyman was like yelling at him, and when he picks him up, he's like, oh my god! Like he realized he was gonna die in that moment. There, it was, mm-hmm. it was hilarious to me. <laughs> and then and then Heyman like fully pledged himself to, to Roman then he's like he hurt me like, you're my tribal chief forever he, he hurt me <laughs> I'm actually surprised like how long he's been with Roman because I thought it would be like oh because you know like every time he tries to like, do something with another wrestler like Brock comes back and then he's full-time Brock I like I was surprised he's like full-time Roman now I think he kind of I think Roman kind of needed him to help him kind of get this different gimmick character heel persona over more mm-hmm. it's worked i think it's worked yeah i mean i think Heyman's presence like on screen has been good but i bet even more so a lot of it's been like because he has him involved he gets a little more a little more leniency with the creative direction which helps a lot because you know every single episode they were coming in and vince is like when are we turning you back to a baby face and and they had to basically be like uh, never like I, I will never be a face again in this company uh, as long as you won't let me. <laughs> like, I mean, again, I think actually Reigns turning face in in like within like the next couple of years would actually go really well because now people actually like him. Mm. Um, so that this is the way you do it, but that's that's a whole different thing. But uh, yeah, I, I think that Heyman. I agree. Heyman being with him has been very beneficial, and I'm hoping Heyman gets more creative direction or, or creative lead going forward. With I think others. it's possible, given, given some stuff Triple H has said recently. Give him SmackDown. Let let Triple H fix Raw, 
and just have do what it, do what he did back then. I mean, Paul Heyman had SmackDown. That's where we had a uh, Redacted and Eddie Guerrero uh, and all. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, the Big Six. Yeah, yeah. SmackDown Six. The SmackDown Six. That's right. Yeah. No, that's. I agree. I actually, I think I don't even know if you want Paige to just take Raw. I think like him taking the the directive of actually being in charge, but then having like someone under him actually coming up with everything for a show. So have like have Heyman take SmackDown, have someone else take Raw, and he's still like it's final say and looking over everything. But he's like I think there's already like there's already something to be said about how how things have been managed in the past with NXT that Triple H may have been like making final say for things, but he clearly would let people do like have the freedom to do things with their matches. And there's already reports of the morale being so great because um, ever since he's been in in charge like that the wrestlers actually get to improv things. Like they get, they have creativity or creative freedom with their promos. Yeah. The matches aren't overly scripted. People are actually getting to go in and, and make up their own spots and do things. And it's already immediately a better product. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Triple H, take Alexa Bliss's fucking doll and shove it up people's asses. That doll sells, though. That's what's I, stupid. I, that's what sucks. It sells because it's like, oh my God, it's so cute. It's, it's so horrific. I love it. Um, horrifically cute. Yeah, listen. I like Alexa Bliss when she was just blonde. Now, you know, decent sized titties. Uh, who used to make fun of Nia Jax being fat? Like, I, that's her persona that she needs to be in the ring as a heel. As a face, you could do other. Th- like, she had a good run as a face a little bit. Uh, but not during the whole Wyatt thing. I I just didn't like that. Yeah. I think it wore in everybody's nerves. That's the end of my TED talk. It was a pretty good one. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, like, uh, yeah, like this, the stuff that happened on Raw, I touched on that Tuesday where there was reports, let's just take the show. Da, da, da. And I watched the whole show, actually, uh, for the most part. I, I kind of started zoning out a little bit in the last Third hour. hour. Third hour really sucked. Yeah. Uh, not that anything bad was going on. It's just I started zoning out. I think that's more of just like, again, watching three hours in a row, unless it's like very specific, like, you know, if you're watching a pay-per-view, I feel like you can give a little more attention to the pay-per-view as long as the card's strong. It's like a little easier to stay in there, but just a regular like show that's like episodic that's building the things being three hours, it just drags. It's hard to fill in. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there was more emphasis on like, okay, so Becky came out first and she wasn't doing her over the top outfits anymore and she cut a good promo like how she used to and they pretty much said the man's back and it's like yeah and it's like yeah the man's back because she's already roasted people on twitter again just brutally unmercifully it was great (laughs) dude she she destroyed roman (laughs) oh my god she she murdered him oh that was great no one's safe anymore (laughs) nobody's safe uh but like that happened and then there was like an attack and then Instead of somebody just watching an attack and nobody helping, the baby face, the top baby face ran, rushed to, to help. Oh, <laughs> oh another and thing. Guess, and you know how you knew they came? Because you just saw them come. No music. I just saw them run. No music. What? It's, it's, they, they didn't stop and say, hey, play my music while I go out there. She did it again <laughs> later in the show, too. She just ran out with no music. It was like, bitch, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> 
That was good. I, I enjoyed that too. Uh, uh, I like the subtle touch. Little things. Oh, I want to bring this up. Uh, Triple H has changed something. I mean, he didn't have full control, but this was like when Vince was like on the way out. Uh, people watch TV like for real this time on camera. It's none of the. I'm going to watch it from an angle and be like, oh my God, there's uh, something going on the TV, but I have to be at this angle because this is what Kevin Dunn wants me to do. Now people watch TV straight on like a, a human being and the cameraman's on the side fucking videotaping. Thank this you. Me whenever they would do that, I'm like, why? Nobody watches TV like this. <laughs> so I mean, it's gotten so to the point that when AEW would do it, they would parody, like they would actively do it over the top to like make fun of them. So people would be watching it behind their back, like over their shoulder, <laughs> like that, to like troll well, them to make fun of it. But, but uh, the there was a couple. They built had the other. They built the the show in two angles, basically. There's stuff involving Bianca Belair and uh, Bailey's faction, which I think is called Control. I think they haven't said it yet, but the way she keeps referring to the stuff about control makes me think it's called control. Yeah, I think so too, because someone, uh, they tweeted out something. I think Bailey said something about control, like, and she actually put the hashtag for the word control. And mm-hmm. then I don't know if it was his actual account or like a fake account, but that was the Braun Strowman that put, he like commented back to <laughs> your narrative and people were like, no, <laughs> don't, don't you dare convince her. Don't you try and leave. <laughs> but uh like that was half the show basically and then the other half of the show was built around the united states title and they did this awesome video package i shared it with you guys and it was it was cool and it, it acknowledged wrestling history that existed before and stuff and uh they had two triple threats to make up a match between two guys that would become one of them would become the number one contender and I saw the first triple threat. It was good. And it was like, I was telling you all in the chat, I'm like, this is like, this is coming off how like uh, NXT used to do triple threats with a lot of the spots and the match structure. Well, the the thing is, is like now you have prominent people that were at the top that are playing like high mid card now um, yeah. and going for that title. And you need titles like the U S title and the IC title carrying these live shows. Roman should not be on TV every fucking week with the titles. That should be a thing that, like, hey, I'm the champ. You want to become the champ, you better come the number one contender. And then you, like, show up to be, like, on the side, like, looking on your competition and doing storylines that way. But the IC title and the U.S. title should be carrying the show, just like how AEW's fucking TNT championship and the T... I'm so confused on the names, but the TBS championship as well. Like, you got to push those. They need to be prestigious, and you have AJ Styles, Ciampa, and uh, Ziggler. Like, he's a good performer, but I wouldn't call him t- <laughs> top mid-tier. I'll say no. mid- mid-tier, low-tier area. Heavy rehabilitation. I mean, it would take a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not his fault, though. He held a worker and, I mean, former world champion. It's just, like, that's the thing. is like his, re- his resume is so much better than what his current work is, but that's not his fault. It's just the booking. It yeah. is what it is. But uh, yeah, uh, AJ won the first one with those guys. It was, it was Miz, AJ, and uh, Mustafa. Mustafa Ali, yeah. Who he had some good spots too. The finish was fuck. I, I, it, it was like uh, Mustafa set Miz for four fifty, and he bounced off of him when he hit the four fifty. You know that, that. Oh, when you bounce off and you do a top rope move, 
And it's like in the middle of that motion, AJ caught him and hit him in a Styles Clash somehow. And if you look at it, by the way, uh, it was actually pretty smart because he bounced off of Miz and Miz made it look like he like spazzed or like jumped when he got hit. But in the same motion, he pushed uh, Ali into uh, AJ for the, the Styles Clash. It was it was silky smooth. Sweet finish. But if, yeah. but if it's you... real good for someone who's not a real wrestler. Oh. Oh, who, who oh. else I mean right with that? Actually, you like being bad. There we go. I gotta put the salty bits out there. I, I, people hate on Miz. Miz is a hell of a worker. He, mm. deserves, he deserves all. He deserves all the flowers for how much he's done and all the shit he's had to put up with. He's earned his his spot. Absolutely. He's been a long road, but he's earned his spot. So I'm trolling. If you're mad at me, comb your fucking ponytail. Yeah. Uh, Mark. Yeah. Fucking Mark. <laughs> stupid Mark. Fire me. <laughs> All right, I noticed. I noticed first blood uh, news edition here. Um, I, I I have to ask: Is the MJF thing a work? Do you think he's working it to the max to being like, oh, maybe he's actually mad at uh, at Tony Khan because people actually started like, I don't fucking know anymore. <laughs> no, it's a work. Yeah. It's a work because, and the reason why I say that is because we live in a world of instant gratification. I, I heard it in another another show, and actually, I totally agree with it. It's a, it's a smart take. MJF is doing CM Punk better than CM Punk did. CM Punk left with the title, and he was gone for what a week, eight days. He wasn't or two weeks. He wasn't gone for that long. So he left and and like put his put the championship in the fridge and did all this stuff and got people all riled up back in 2011, and then immediately came back and. Like, if you let that stuff breathe and take for a while, like, MJF has vanished and has straight up went, like, radio silent. It's not, con- like, not in contact with anybody. So when that man eventually comes back in a couple of months, like, whatever the time is when he comes back, it's going to be huge. And who knows? It, I, I Honestly, what I don't know is, I mean, if it is a shoot, either way, when he comes back, it's going to be crazy. Because he's only gonna, it's only gonna be one of two ways, right? He's either gonna come back to AEW and we find out the whole thing was a work, whatever, and it was well executed because they let it breathe, or he goes to WWE and then people are gonna be like, "What in the fuck do we do now?" Mm-hmm. Either, like the, heat, the, heat, the heat's on then. Yeah. Right? Either way, it's gonna be big for him. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He can go. He can go be with his brother Cody. He can. He can pick up his slack where he tore his boob. He could hold his ninny. Um, <laughs> could you could you imagine? Holy shit! Cody wins wins the title at WrestleMania, and the Monday after comes out and he gets interrupted by MJF. Holy fuck! <laughs> Fucking nuclear! Oh, that'd be great. Uh, fancy booking, and like, this is me talking, and I'm like, I'm the the TK shell. I get paid in white calls, guys. The thing is, before the always the prospect of MJF possibly showing up at WWE someday, but I don't think anybody was ever really excited about it before because Vince is there. And exactly, that that is exactly it. You now, have TV fourteen. You have yeah, it's TV fourteen, and Vince is not there to hold him back, so it's actually legitimate. And you know, I'll go to say this: like, I, I like I like AEW because. Again, if despite the flaws that it has, because it's not perfect, they they do a good job of of trying to create stories that, and I can watch it, and I'm, I don't feel like my intelligence is insulted at least most of the time. Um, 
So, and we've gotten so conditioned by what we had to watch that it was just like, well, I'd rather just not watch wrestling. And for me, AEW helped like like restore like that breath of life to my love for for pro pro wrestling in general. But if the WWE product picks up and is is as good as you know the NXT product was, uh, or better, then I, I mean I'm gonna watch it too. And and believe it or not, you can watch both and like them both. Yeah. And I guess it's not fair to say with AEW that they they're the ones that reinvigorated things. I actually started watching wrestling again because of NXT. Like that NXT product, that twenty it's like late 2013 to tw- mid 2016 2017 was hot fire and it was still pretty good even a little after that i started to taper off though because i i was that guy that got suckered back into watching some of the the main roster and then it just like fell apart again for me so i lost it again um but yeah i'm excited to see what happens i'm not quite ready yet to start watching raw and smackdown yet i want to really wait and see because i'm at the point now i can watch enough highlights and see but if it really picks up and is consistent then shit's gonna get complicated here yeah to watch all these hours of wrestling. Yeah, and here, here here's the thing, like if Triple H turns main roster into what black and gold NXT was in its heyday, and I wanna I wanna say I don't hate AEW. I mean there's certain things I hate about AEW that has happened. Uh I will say I am kind of surprised that Tony Khan actually listened to people finally and started to like give stuff off his plate to different people. Because he's going to need this. Because now he actually has competition. Even though Triple H was in NXT while AEW was around. But that Vince still had a a, a good hold on that. Even though tri- Triple H was there. But now this is the Triple H show. Um, and like I said. If he turns the main roster to black and gold fun at, at, at NXT. Where it was like fun. Uh, not fun to watch like every NXT show. But like every pay-per-view. You were fucking pumped. To see the end of the storyline, uh, Tony Khan's in trouble, um, and not in trouble where it's going to be like, oh, it's TNA, it's going to die or whatever, but it's going to be the the Monday Night Wars that you've been waiting for. Business is about to pick up if that's the case, as Jr. Yeah. would say. I think the I think the biggest thing to to keep in mind too is that because people can be tribalist about whatever, this is the reality of things. The WWE product has outside of like a few glimpses of things that seem hopeful that have been decent for the large part, the overall product is not has been mediocre at best for like the last decade or more. And people still watch it. I mean, they're making more money than they ever have. So they don't need to be good to continue to be a good business. And that is, that's the difference. He doesn't even have to put on a good show. If he does, it's that much harder for Tony because Tony, they actually could put AEW out of business mm-hmm. or put them in a spot where they basically just become, you know, this decade's TNA or, or you know, um, Ring of Honor, uh, you know, and then it's that light, like, there's not actual competition. They could just put themselves on a different echelon. But AEW is not going to put WWE out of business. It's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. It does not matter how big or how great it gets. It, it, it can only get to a point where people will just have options and you can watch both and that's actually the best situation anyway it's best for the fans it's best for the wrestlers like that's a good thing so it's kind of a win-win in that regard as long as both keep up but like you said if if tony doesn't listen and that doesn't happen then yeah things aren't gonna look good a few years from now because some of those wrestlers are that didn't come you know that maybe they left wwe or they weren't considered before 
that's going to change in a few years when those contracts expire. Mm -hmm. That's going to get scary. But uh, other than that, Zach, did you have anything else you wanted to bring up? Um, there's a little some brief speculation about uh, how green the grass will continue to be in AEW where money's concerned, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the stuff that's going on with Warner Brothers Discovery and them slashing money where they can, uh, there's thoughts that this could affect raises in AEW or, you know, money for contract negotiations and stuff. It's, it's possible. I mean, they're, they're cutting funds for HBO Max and shit, and they're probably going to... I've heard they are cutting funds for TNT and TBS. So... Yeah, the, the one thing that benefits them is that it's there pretty consistently. It's their best show in the week. Yep. They do have that going for them. If it's yeah. if NBA's not on, yeah, usually it's that. So, yeah. who knows? It's just something to keep in mind going forward, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, anything else? No, not for me. All right. Well, that is the end of the uh, first blood uh, report. Uh, we're going to move on to some raw dogging. 